0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Talking Sports with Evan. I am your host, Evan Witalison, and it's a uh, happy Wednesday. We've reached the middle of the week, and I'm uh, grateful for those that watch and listen and support Talking Sports with Evan. I know you're not going to agree with me every time, but, you know, I appreciate you watching and commenting on my Facebook page or Twitter or uh, my Facebook uh, Talking sports with Evan Page, I, I do greatly appreciate it. So lots to go over, lots to digest. So last week, I wanna say it was last Tuesday when I came to you and talking sports with Evan, aside from a little technical issue I had, and I apologize for that. And I'm not touching my computer at all. Um, so that shouldn't be a problem. Well, now I'm touching it now, but I'm hoping it's not a problem. But about a week and a half ago now, Josh Hader gets traded. Um, the Brewers surprise a lot of people, and they trade Josh Hader. Um, very controversial, and at the time, a lot of a lot of people were upset about it, rightfully so. Um, Josh Hader is an all-star, um, done a lot of great things for Milwaukee, and then they trade him, and things didn't go too well, and I'm going to kind of – digest that a little bit talk a little bit you know brewer centric a little bit and kind of give my my thoughts on that um if you want to comment about your thoughts on the the brewers trade of josh Hader, you can comment uh if you're on twitter the video that you're watching and comment below on that video Um, if you're on facebook or um talking sports with evan facebook page you can comment and they'll show up on my screen here But I want to know your thoughts quick on the Brewers trading Josh Hader a week and a half later. I'm also going to talk Green Bay Packers. We are a couple days away from the Packers' first preseason game, and I'm excited for it. Normally, I'm not excited for preseason, but I'm excited for it this year. I'm excited for what the Packers are going to look like come come, uh, preseason. And see, see some of the areas where I, I have some concerns and see some of the areas on how it looks. Obviously, the wide receiver room being significantly young. The special teams obviously issue all of the, basically, over the course of the last 10, 15 years, special teams has been a concern and a problem for the Packers. And the offensive line. I'm curious to see what the offensive line is going to look like. Still no David Bakhtiari. Still no Elton Jenkins. Zach Tom's getting a lot of uh, work at both left and right tackle. Uh, Henson, uh, who was on the 53-man roster last year, but I don't think he really dressed for any games at all last year. He's been getting a lot of work at right guard. Royce Newman, draft pick from last year, has been getting a lot of work at right guard and right tackle. Yash Nijman getting a lot of work at, Left tackle and right tackle. Is the Packers are looking to try to figure out who the best five are going to be, and, and that's what Matt Lafleur likes. He likes who the best five are going to be. So no Rodgers. Um, I think I don't think Jones and Dylan are going to play at all either. Likely no Randall Cobb. Likely no Sammy Watkins. It's probably going to be most of the young guys and see what happens. I'm going to talk a little bit too about my thoughts on if starters should get more playing time during preseason and now we only have three preseason games should rogers get some work in this preseason and i know he has some comments on that and a couple comments rogers made during his media um his media circus um he been on a couple podcasts interviewed with peter king and other members of the media so kind of digest a little bit about what he's saying and my thoughts including his trip to peru which the NFL will not be uh punishing him on, which is good because he never te- he hasn't tested positive for any banned substances whatsoever. So yeah. But I'm gonna start with the Brewers. So a week ago-ish, and I say a week ago-ish because last Tuesday is when I brought you my show, the Brewers were in first place. They just took two out of three against Boston. They took, I think, three of four against Colorado. Um Things, I maybe even swept Colorado. I can't remember off the top of my head. But either way, things are looking good. Trade deadline coming up. Brewers' bats are getting hot. Things are looking good. What are the Brewers going to do to try to improve at the trade deadline? And last week, Monday, the day before the deadline, the Brewers on their off day trade Josh Hader to the San Diego Padres, basically for um, Rod uh, Rogers and a couple prospects because. Leonard, who they traded with a uh, uh, four in that trade, they ended up being dfa and he went to Colorado. At the time, didn't really hate the trade. I understood it. I got why um, they made the move, per se, because you, you don't pay closing pitchers, especially when they can only pitch one inning, and that's it. That's all he's willing to throw. You don't pay him the money he's looking to get. You can use that money, to get a couple other arms in the pen and maybe a bat in the offseason. And you got Devin Williams. You got Devin Williams, who is ready to close. He looked the part, looked like he could be a closer. He hadn't had a run in 30 appearances uh, before last week, Tuesday. And then he gives up a walk-off home run. And and the thing is, the trade, yes, I'll admit that the Josh Hader trade looked completely awful and start questioning david stearns and what he's doing based off that trade because it didn't make any sense that you 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 trade him for some pieces of the bullpen and then you dfa one of them and the bullpen part of my language the bullpen takes a shit the reason they made the trade too is they're trying to add depth through the bullpen because before the trade Really, you only had three arms you trusted in high leverage, high leverage situations in Boxberger, Williams and uh, Hader. Outside of those three, everything else is a crapshoot. You don't know what you got. And with the trade, you got Matt Bush, you got Rogers, you have Boxberger, you have Williams. You got four guys who you could potentially trust. Rogers was having a really solid year until recently. His numbers. Very close to haters. Uh, I think he was one save behind Hater at the time of the trade. Very similar numbers. Similar style pitcher. Lefty. Throws a lot of power. Loves the slider. Um, Matt Bush throws the heat from the right. He, he uh, looked really good last night against Tampa Bay in the save situation in the ninth. And I'm going to comment on my thought on why they used Bush yesterday in the ninth instead of Devin Williams. I have my reasons on why I think they did that. Um I think it has to do more of with Craig Council's style. Maybe part of the reason why they decided they wanted to trade Hader too. Um, more than likely. But and then they got Rosenthal who hasn't pitched in two years, and we don't know what he's gonna be. But I think the biggest thing is that they were looking to improve the depth in the bullpen. So you have more options and then you're your then your three back end of the bullpen guys every day. You you gotta get some depth there and Hobie Milner wasn't really, he's up and down, got extremely up and down um Suter, You don't trust in high leverage, high leverage situations. Aaron Ashby had to go into starting rotation due to injuries. He was kind of your your middle guy who you could switch in between in and out of the rotation. So I think their thought process was we can get four or five bullpen guys we trust moving forward, we can win a lot of games because we're, sh- we're shortening, we're shrinking the games. Corbin Burns can go seven, eight innings most starts. I think um, Woodruff can go seven, eight innings uh, most starts. Um, now it's up to your Freddie Peralta starts, your Ashby starts, your Lauer starts, your eventually Adrian Hauser starts. Um, those guys t- tend to throw a lot of pitches early in the game and it's going to make it hard to to bridge that gap. Well, now you got better options uh, in those fifth, sixth, seventh innings to get to that back end. Fortunately, it didn't work out that way. First day without Hater. What happens? Walk off home run to win the game in Pittsburgh by Brian Reynolds. And we all—I think we all saw that coming. I think each and every one of us who was watching that game. Saw that walk-off home run coming. Monday was an extremely emotional day in Milwaukee. A clubhouse favorite just got moved. Guys were still emotional about it. Williams seemed devastated in his first comments after it. And I think his first or second pitch in the bottom of the ninth inning of a tied game. Boom. Gives up the home run. I think we all saw that coming. And then they lose two more after that, or three more after that. Yeah, three more after that. In Pittsburgh, all games they were leading in at some point. They were leading in every single game against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So three games. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The three-game series, they had a lead every game. And they squandered it. And they lost it. They then... Look they look like they, they got back home. They beat the Reds in the first game of the series. Things are looking up again. And then they lose two more against two in a row against the Reds. Bullpen, especially Sunday, gives it up. Bullpen Saturday didn't pitch really well. And like I said, the trade looks awful after those stretch. But baseball, you can't react. Immediately, and you can't react, you can't overreact to baseball in general. There's too many games 162 games in a season. We are two thirds through the year, one third left. There's a lot of baseball to be played, and every move you make in baseball, you got to give it more than one or two or three or four games. Now we're eight games post hater trade. And the Brewers have won three. No, sorry, won four. Sorry, yeah, won three and lost five. So they're th- three and five since the Hater trade. Let's see where they're at after the St. Louis series. And the Brewers have a great opportunity in front of them coming into tonight's St. Louis game. Um, I'm gonna check to see what St. Louis is doing right now. Um, but coming into tonight's St. Louis game, the Brewers are a half game out of first. St. Louis, they took one on the the chin big time against the Rockies last night, sixteen to five final, which they're up five to nothing now after the first. But you know, you would have thought after the Cardinals swept the Yankees, won seven in a row, took over first place, you would have thought the season was over, based off of that. But baseball is a long season. Now the Cardinals get destroyed by the Rockies last night. They have two more against the Rockies today and tomorrow. That league could be a game, or it can be a game and a half, or it can be a half a game, um, or it can be tied going into this weekend, the Brewers against the Cardinals in St. Louis. There's a lot of different ways, a lot of different directions that this series can go, and there's going to be a big series, and then the Brewers get the Dodgers. So... I didn't overreact about the trade. And I know for one of my friends is going to, he's going to disagree with this and not think I, you know, not agree with me on this. but I didn't over, I didn't react in the way I did because I always agree with management. Management can do no wrong. No, I, if I don't like what management does, I'm going to say it at the time. I didn't hate the trade. I didn't hate the trade at the time. When they moved Hater, obviously, after a few games, it looked like I was as wrong as wrong can be because, and granted, even with Hayter, he's not going to make a difference in any of those games, to be perfectly honest. But I looked as wrong as wrong could possibly be after they stubbed their toe in Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh and they got punched in the mouth in 2-3 against Cincinnati. But now we're gonna have St. Louis coming go in, uh, going into St. Louis, and then we're gonna have the Dodgers coming back to Amfam Field next week. That's gonna go a long way on what the Brewers look like. And the Brewers went into this two game series against Tampa Bay at home, and did what they had to do to win. Yesterday they won five to three, didn't uh, hit a home run at all in that game. Today they didn't have a home run until the ninth inning to tie it up with Ruddy Telez and then you got to tip your hat to the brewers defense and i know we haven't said it a lot because the defense which was supposed to be a strong suit has struggled at times you got to tip your hat to the brewers defense because you had ruddy till making a great throw to third to throw out the lead runner um then the then the, the the runner who reached on a fielder's choice he gets uh thrown out on a steal attempt the second and then Devin what uh Williams, uh, Devin he, Williams gets a, a strikeout to end the end the the inning, and then they, for some reason, well, I kind of under, I I get why, you know, because let's be honest, Willie Adamas has not been clutch at all this season at all. They intentionally walk Christian Yelich to get to uh, to get to Willie Adams, and Willie Adamas hits the game winner, um, single to left, gives the Brewers the win. So. Two great games against Tampa Bay. They had to fight. They had to fight through adversity today. They punched Tampa Bay in the mouth yesterday in five to three win. Now, like I said, we got St. Louis in the docket. See what they do in St. Louis. So let's still wait maybe another couple series before we truly judge this trade. Let's see what Rodgers does. After more than just what three appearances or something like that since the trade, let's see what Bush continues to do after the trade with Texas. Again, he looked great yesterday. He had a walk, gave up a walk off wild pitch against Pittsburgh on last week, Thursday. Let's see what happens between now and the end of next week to truly grasp where the Brewers are. And if the Brewers struggle to make the playoffs, if they if they struggle to win series, if the bullpen continues to struggle, then yeah, hold David Stearns accountable for what happened. And we'll see what happens in the offseason. If the Brewers decide, I don't think they will, but if the Brewers decide to make some changes in the front office. I think Craig Council's job is completely safe. I don't think I don't think he's lost a team yet. I think he was pissed off about the trade too. But let's see where the Brewers are at the end of next week. If they're still looking uninspired, which they didn't the last two games, but if they're looking uninspired, looking like they don't want to be out there, then we can start questioning Council. We can start questioning Stearns and we can start questioning Atanasio, in my my honest opinion. But I, I don't I don't react much when it comes to baseball. Just because there's so many games, and if you play that emotional roller coaster each and every game, every win you get super pumped and fired up and happy, every loss you get down, upset, fire everybody, you're going to be exhausted after the first month of the year. Baseball is a sport, it's not like football it's not like bat- you know basketball well college I, well basketball is kind of the same way as baseball it's not like football. Football, you lose a couple games. You can start seeing the writing on the wall that, you know, maybe things aren't meant to be. Baseball, it's a long stretch. And the Brewers have a long stretch left, a lot of home games left. Let's see what happens. And I'm not predicting the Brewers are going to go to the World Series. All I'm saying is two out of the last three champions in baseball. At this point last year, This point back in 2019, nobody thought that the Nationals and the Braves were going to win the World Series. Baseball is about getting hot at the right time, and you catch a team when they're ice cold. Last year's Brewers team going into the playoffs looked like they could legitimately compete at that level. And then they got ice cold against the Braves, and the Braves, who had been red hot, continue to be red hot, and... Took it to the Brewers. The Brewers, I believe, got game one in that series. Corbin Burns pitched a gem, and they couldn't win another game. Baseball's about getting hot, and the Brewers' bats are hot right now. They're one of the top teams offensively in baseball since the uh, All-Star break. And we'll see if it can continue moving forward. And then it would be interesting to see what happens in the offseason with the Brewers, when you have Lorenzo Cain's money off the books, you have Josh Hader's money off the books. You might have Colton Wong's money off the books. I guess what I'm saying is the Brewers are going to potentially have some money to spend. Let's see how they spend it in the off season. And again, I'm not ready to give up on this season right now because we're at August 10th. We still got the rest of this month to go the entire month of September and a few days in October before or even into the playoffs. And then it's a crapshoot from there. The Dodgers have been the best team money can buy for the last, what, five years? And they have one World Series win in a COVID-shortened year. That's it. It's about being hot at the right time. And let's see if the Brewers can do that. Moving on to Green Bay. The Green Bay Packers going to San Francisco for the first preseason game on Friday. And, again, I'm not typically excited or fired up for preseason games. I know I'm going to miss part of the game due to a officiating football obligation that I have at 5 o'clock on Friday. But I'm going to watch what I can. And there's a few areas that I'm going to be focusing on during the game. Offensive line is a big one. I'm very curious on what the offensive line rotation looks like against San Francisco. And again, whatever the rotation is Saturday, Friday, doesn't mean that's going to be the rotation week one. Just interesting to see what they do with the unlikeliness that they're going to have Elton Jenkins for week one. And who knows when David Bakhtiari is going to get the green light to play It might be week one. It might not be the entire season. Let's perfectly be honest. I'm not going to be surprised if David Bakhtiari doesn't play a single snap in 2022. Do I want him to? Hell yeah. He's one of the best left tackles in football when he's healthy. He's top two, top three in the NFL at left tackle when he's fully healthy. I'm curious to see if he put. I want him to play again, and I'm curious to see if he plays again, but I'm not holding my breath anymore. That knee's had a lot of trauma. It's gone through a lot, ACL surgery, a couple more minor procedures, fluid being drained left and right. There is something wrong with that knee that I'm just not going to hold my breath, and I'm not going to put any trust that we see David Bakhtiari this year. I'm just not, if we do great, but I think Yosh, Yash is your left tackle and just let him to me, let Nijman get every rep at left tackle from here on out, because he showed that he can start in this league. He should have started the NFC divisional round against the 49ers. He's played fairly well and he's developed into a great player. Very good player. Sorry, not great. Very good player at left tackle, and he's somebody you can put out there and trust that he's going to do the job. Just play him at left tackle from here on out. Zach Tom, Royce Newman, they can fight for the right tackle spot. Henson and Newman can fight for the right guard spot. And then when out Jenkins comes back, put out Jenkins at right tackle, keep Neisman at left, and so be it. That's what I would do. If David Bakhtiari can play, put him at left tackle, obviously. And you got a pretty good backup tackle, Nijman, who will likely be the starting tackle in 2023 because I think they're going to probably start looking at post-David Bakhtiari after the season, regardless of how well he plays in 2022. I'm interested in the wide receiver position. Packers are very young at receiver. Um, Romeo... (laughs) romeo dobbs has been outstanding at camp Jair alexander is starting to uh, pay some attention to him to get him um some reps against one of the top corners in the nfl um you got um winfrey who rogers has spoken very high of on what he's doing at camp you have the seventh round pick from nebraska You got some young pieces in that wide receiver room. Danny Davis has has been pretty good in training camp thus far, earning more and more opportunities as we go along. Amari Rogers. So I'm very curious on what these young wide receivers look like. I don't think we're going to see Sammy Watkins. We're not going to see Randall Cobb for sure. And Christian Watson will probably be ready to go. Likely week two of the preseason will be my guess but I'm interested to see what those young guys can do at the wide receiver position and what that position is going to look like because Packers might have some very, I'm not a big Winfrey guy, but unfortunately Rod for me, I guess Rogers is high, very high on Winfrey. So I don't think they're going to do again what they did a couple of years ago, what totally pissed Aaron Rodgers off. And that was released. Jay Coul- Kummer uh, I don't think they're going to make that same mistake with Winfrey. I think they're going to give him every opportunity that he can to possibly make this team in 2022. And they can either keep six or seven wide receivers. And I think the guy who could potentially get released, the guy who could potentially get cut, I think, is the veteran and Sammy Watkins. Because there might not be room for him, and that contract becomes guaranteed if he's on the roster. I think it's the Tuesday or Wednesday prior to week one of the 2022 season. So he might make things easy for the He might make things difficult for the Packers because they really want to pay him or focus more on the young guys that are doing extremely well. And I'm curious to see what these young receivers do against guys from another team. You're not going to go against a better corner group than you do in Green Bay with uh, Rasul Douglas, Stokes, and Alexander. Adrian Amos, savage when he's healthy. You're not going to go against a better defensive back group than you do every single day in practice. But let's see what they do against when when those bright lights come on. Let's see if Dobbs is able to do the same thing. Let's see if Danny Davis is able to do the same thing. Winfrey has had opportunities with the lights coming on. I know he got hurt last year, which is partially why he ended up on the practice squad last season. But let's see what happens when the bright lights come on to see which wide receivers are ready for the ready for prime time. And we're likely going to have injuries. Um, Hopefully we don't, but we're likely going to have injuries. So let's see what that depth is going to look like if we do have injuries during the regular season or when we have injuries in the regular season. So those are the two biggest position areas that I'm watching. And then obviously Jordan Love. It's looking like he the game's starting to slow down for him a little bit in training camp. Tom Clements is working with him now. Um, Clements is a very good teacher of quarterbacks. And it'd be interesting to see if Jordan Love looks more ready than he has. And the thing to remember, if Jordan Love does look like he struggles from time to time against San Francisco... Remember the offensive line group he's going up against has not looked very with have, has not looked very good so far in training camp. To be perfectly honest. The offensive line has been a work in progress, and it's a big worry come week one against the Vikings with the way this offensive line has played. Not been very good. but I'm interested to see if Jordan Love truly looks like the game has slowed down for him. Once the light comes on and I know you have Aaron Rodgers, he's hinted at three or four more years on uh, one of the bar dual sports shows. I get that, but you still got to figure out what you have in him have in him because you got to decide at the end of the season, if you're going to exercise his fifth year option, or you got to decide if maybe if you can try to sell high on him, if he does extremely well, this preseason, a la Matt Hasselback. Maybe you can sell high on him and swing him for trade him for uh, some nice pieces, draft picks. So, those are the big things I'm looking at. And a couple comments too before I go. Aaron Rodgers has been on the media circuit uh, making his rounds, Barstool Sports, this other podcast. I forget to name it off the top of my head, where he talked about his LSD trip in Peru. It based. I, I know it's not named LSD, what he took, but it was basically LSD. Um, talking about that and a lot of other stuff, and a couple things that I'm I'm very interested to see is Aaron Rodgers right now seems like he is truly at peace with where he's at in his career, and he seems like he is ready to take that next step as a leader. He is loving his teammates. He's loving himself. He's uh, pretty much loving a lot. And to be curious to see if that continues into the regular season, when his wide receiver is runs the a route two yards deeper than they're supposed to. And he has to check down and now he gets mad. The other comments he talked about was LaFleur's offense and how he prefers the West coast offense and that kind of thing. Him and him and Lant LaFleur have a great relationship that Rodgers feels comfortable saying, hey, Matt, I appreciate this, but I want to try this too. Can we try to implement some of this? And I know Matt LaFleur's first year in Green Bay, they continued a lot of the West Coast concepts for Mike McCarthy, why they were getting him accustomed to what he was running. And Rodgers gets it. He knows the offense is difficult for a defense. The, the LaFleur... Shanahan, McVay style, offense. He knows it's difficult for a defense to anticipate what's coming because the the play look one play to another looks almost identical, but it's two different plays. A lot of you know zone look, um, a lot of type things like that. It it can it 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 forces the defense to have to think. And defenses don't like thinking. Defenses like there's the ball go get it read the keys there's the ball go get it. that's what defenses like to do but when you're putting people in motion when you're having your outside zone concept in the run game and now you have to determine which is which gap the running back is going to go towards is he going to continue to pull it to the outside is he gonna cut back we got to play our lanes we got to play you know do what we're supposed to do there oh and now we have to, worry about Aaron Rodgers bootlegging left to right off of that zone uh, zone concept, bootlegging off, and forcing and looking for Sammy Watkins or Randall Cobb or Aaron Jones in a passing route, and now we have a big game there. So defenses hate thinking. They like reacting. And Rodgers knows, and he's smart enough that he knows that this offense that the Packers are running it's making things extremely difficult for the defenses because it's, they, they have to think before they can react. And that's why I love the offense. And I think and the reason now the Rams wanted Matthew Stafford, the, the 49ers wanted Aaron Rodgers. Um, the reason why that happened and the reason then why the Niners then centered on Trey Lance is because, Rodgers showed what can happen when you have a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, a quarterback that good running this offense. Because the offense made Jared Goff look go to the Super Bowl. It made Jared Goff look pretty damn good. But he wasn't good enough to get them that victory. Now, you get a quarterback like Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, running that offense, things can be extremely dangerous. So Rodgers gets that, and he ran his West Coast offense for the first God knows how many years of his career, what, 2005 he was drafted, and he ran that offense all the way to 2018. The problem with that is you you're expecting your wide receivers to win one-on-one battles, and back in the Packers' offensive heyday in the early 2010s, you had great, uh, Greg Jennings, you had Randall Cobb, you had Jordy Nelson, you had – James Jones, JerMichael Finley, you had uh, Donald Driver, you had uh, Devonte Adams, you had a wide receiver room that was loaded with talented guys that can win battles. And now with the Packers' wide receiver room, you need to run this type of offense to try to help help scheme guys open. So, and one of the couple of last comments that Rogers talked about that I I, I really stood out to me. Is he's been talking to Rasul Douglas, I guess, a lot regarding where the wide receiver, the young wide receivers are, getting his input on what he thinks. He has a lot of respect for Rasul Douglas. He commented that Rasul Douglas has some Charles Woodson in him. With all due respect to Charles Woodson, he has, has some Charles Woodson in him. He's that smart. And Rogers is picking Douglas's brain to get a better understanding of where these wide receivers are in their development, and I'm sure that's going to go a long way on what that rotation in the wide receiver room looks like in Week One. So, that's my thoughts. Those are my my thoughts and my comments uh, for the for the week. Appreciate you all listening. Appreciate you all watching. You can tweet at me at Evan with sports you can email me talking sports with evan at gmail.com find me on facebook talking sports with evan or evan with allison and interact with me and let me know your thoughts on the hater trade let me know your thoughts on the, the upcoming uh preseason game against the 49ers and with that said thank you all i will get back at you next week when we talk preseason game one Packer, I mean, Brewers and Cardinals three game series this coming weekend and anything more that might happen in the wide world of sports between now and then. And maybe we'll have Roger Goodell make a, a decision or not Goodell, his appointed guy make a decision on Deshaun Watson and them appealing the six game suspension that he got. So maybe I'll go a little more detail on that too. With that said, have a great week. Have a great rest of your night. Be good and uh take care of yourself and i'll get all back at you later have a good one